following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland, from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee, Studio A, as we all, as we've been, as we're going to, as we're going to continue to do so. It is episode 357. It is the 13th of December, uh, date of production. I don't know why I do that. Does it really matter? Does does it really? No, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I don't know. Some people might sit there and go, oh, that's interesting. That happened back then. Probably because I do get into some dated material from time to time because I was just sitting here looking at the calendar and uh, we're, we're entering the week... <clears throat> Where everybody begins to, okay, I know I have to quantify this. Under normal circumstances, this would be the week that people just kind of quit giving a shit because it's you know it's Christmas is coming around the corner. It'll be we it'll be next week. <clears throat> looking at this, which Christmas falls on a Friday this year. Oh goody, another day of the week. Uh, the the point is is that the usually the week before Christmas is where people just go eh. Uh, whatever. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. You people suck. Well, and this year is a little different because, um, because of the pandemic. And so we, we get to sit around and go, Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. You people suck. It's the same thing. It really is. It's the, the only difference is, is that you'll be doing that alone. (laughs) At least, at least you should be. Uh, I mean, uh, God help us. That's just kind of kind of how that how that's gonna go. Uh, I I did see that. Um, I guess a bright spot in all of this is that the first shipments of the vaccine are headed out. Uh, they were authorized over the weekend. They are headed to various states around the country. Our uh, our very own uh, FedEx. Uh, you know them. They they're they're, they're the company, the shipping company. They have. Uh, They've been ramping up their deal there. They're ramping up stuff, getting things done, getting people, you know, getting the vaccine out to where it's going to go. They're flying it in and out of there. It's a cool thing, quite frankly, because that's, you know, kind of what they do. And they are uh, excited about getting it uh, to the places it need to go. So they're they're going to be very, very, very busy, as are a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of truck drivers and stuff like that. So. Uh, so, yes, there there it is. <clears throat> I don't know. You're going to get it. It's a, it's a legitimate question. Are you going to get the vaccine? You know, for guys like me, I'm way on down the list. I'm, you know, most of you are probably the same way. Unless you're a frontline worker, which would be a, a, a doctor, nurse, orderly, whatever it is that, that, you, that, that the hospital workers are doing. And then it's probably going to be people like uh, the police department, the fire department. EMTs, those those cats are next, you know, on the list around the same time. And then um, I don't think this show is playing too well in any nursing homes. So uh, those <laughs> those people are going to – I might be surprised. Those people are going to be on the list as well, and then they're going to start paring it down from there. The problem being is that the vaccine brand that is being shipped out across this country is the one from Pfizer and – um, long story short, we're 
the short being the important part of it, there's not that there's not enough of it to go around. There's only 100 million vaccines for 375 million Americans. They got to make it. They got to they got to keep up with demand. We don't I don't know how long that's going to take. We don't we don't know any of this, this sort of stuff. Um, but the vaccine is going to be good because it's going to come to a critical point where enough people will have been vaccinated that uh, the snuffing out of the COVID should be a little easier. And yes, you will need to continue to socially distance. And yes, you will still need to wear a mask. It's not that big a deal. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's a good thing. And they're like, well, why are we going to do that? Because there's going to be people. <laughs> and then again, I don't know, looking at the numbers, we may have enough of the vaccine. There's half, half, of, half of this country, which is bad. You got to have at least three quarters of this country knocked up inoculated and I keep making that mistake inoculated three quarters of 75 percent of this country needs to be inoculated for this to really be truly effective when it comes time I'll probably have mine I guess I you know I'm, I'm interested in seeing how the side effects are you know uh, that's really the only thing that's that's kind of holding me back I understand that they can be rather intense but I guess it depends on you know who you are what your condition is and stuff like that but there is that's the problem though. There's there's still there's half of this country that does not want to get it. Over half, I think it's like fifty two percent. I think it was last I saw, fifty two percent of Americans have said, nah, I don't want to get it." And this is troubling. <laughs> it's troubling on a couple of levels because the first question is why, and and the answers to that are alarming. They don't want to get it because they may be afraid of the the side effects. That's that's me. I'm not afraid to get it. I want to see what the side effects are so I know how to prepare myself. If there's any, it may not it may not affect me at all. I don't know yet. We'll we'll know when when everybody starts getting uh, getting knocked up at all. Now the ones the other ones that that you got you got your anti vaxxers right. They're already kind of you know because they don't want they don't want the Bill Gates chip implanted into. God damn it! What a dumb fucking phrase that is. You people. And this Bill Gates thing and the 5G shit need to just sit down and shut up. It's the most ridiculous, incoherent, uh, ignorant thing anybody can say. <laughs> on that same on that same coin, on the other side of it, there are those people that say they're not going to get it because they don't know what's in it. You're not sticking me with that. I don't know what's in there. Let's go over to McDonald's and get a McRib. See what I'm saying? There are people that are going to do that, and they'll be happy to sit down at a Mickey D's and eat the McRib. They don't know what's in that either. I'm, you know, I'm just laying that out there for you. I mean, that that, that thing is made out of part of part of a yoga mat. It's it, it with barbecue sauce. It's whatever the hell it is. I, I I do find it amusing that McDonald's, on a side note, rolls out the McRib every once in a while. They don't keep it on the menu per se, but they just roll it out every once in a while. I think it's sort of amusing that they're rolling it out at about the same time as the vaccine. Now, if you want a conspiracy theory, my friends, there you <laughs> chew, on, chew on that. There's something up here. Uh, we're going to reward every American with a McRib if they get the vaccine because, you know, Bill Gates is involved in both. I guess, I, <laughs> oh, my God. The 21st century is not what I thought it would be. I thought we would be enlightened. I thought we would have a sense of reason amongst us that, that would exist. There would be a, an actual sense of real like stoicism that for us to, to chew upon and to live by. No, no, we're worried about what's in a fucking hand <laughs> hamburger. 
<laughs> oh, my God. Doctors have been working around the clock for nearly a year, and they develop a vaccine, and there's people that go, nope, I'm not going to get it because y'all y'all are sticking chips in there, and they're going to track me, and they're going to do this. First of all, Bill Gates doesn't think you're very interesting. Let's put that out there, okay? Because I'm not – like, I don't know the man, but I, I do know that he doesn't give a shit about what you're doing, okay? Maybe on some level, perhaps, but – but for the most part, he doesn't care. <laughs> and besides, do you carry do you carry an Android phone? Because there's tracking chips in that, and that's a Microsoft product, kind of. Parts of it are. Steve Jobs is dead, so he doesn't care about you, you people that carry an Apple around. <laughs> Look, if you want to be tracked, you can be tracked. It doesn't take a shot to get that happen. I just I'm fascinated by it. So, look, you know, uh, to each their own, I get it. Uh, but I, I do want you all to please just, just be prudent and be safe, okay? If you're like the rest of us, you want to kind of see how this thing shakes out. You'll, you'll I think, I think it's going to be fine. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worried. We want to get back to our things to do. We want to get away from, you know, the the home. Go get a shot. No, I'm not taking that. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's ridiculous. It's silly. Get the goddamn shot and just, you know, ride it out. It's uh, The only thing I've heard is the side effects are just a little, you, you feel a little freaky for about 12 hours or so, and then you're good to go. That's how you know it works, they say. That tingle tells you it's working. We'll pause. We'll come back. I got a show for you uh, this time out. We have uh, a, a really cool young man. He's, a, uh, he's quite the guitarist. Yes, he is. He's a, a young fellow out of... Uh, out of the Scandinavian region. He comes from the great wide north. He's headed, he's coming here. He's the, the ambassador of rock and roll. He's a young fellow by the name of Rocky Kramer, and he's a delightful fellow. Uh, you're going to meet him and more coming up right after this brief break right here from Radio Land. Don't run away. Wizards is corona-free and is your headquarters for your essential quarantine supplies. Their viral sale is happening right now with deals throughout the store. Get some sage to chase away the bad stuff. Incense, woodwick candles, decorative fans, and things to keep you busy while you're stuck at home. T-shirts, bandanas, hats, and more on sale right now. CBD, Kratom products, and personal cleansers for that job interview. Open 10 to 10 every day at 1999 Madison Avenue in Midtown or get it all delivered when you order online at wizardsmemphis.com. Wizards, because it's still smoking. You must be 18 or older to buy smoking-related products. Joining us through the miracle of the internet, it is uh, he's known as Norway's ambassador of rock. He's here, Rocky Kramer. Rocky, how are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Thank you so much. You're uh, you're out in the uh, are you out in the LA area? Is that where you're at? Yes, I'm in LA, in sunny California. <laughs> yeah, it's over here, kind of cold and wet. Memphis is where we're at. So, uh, so yeah, the big difference in uh, in, in climate. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've never been there, so uh, I don't know what it's what it's all about. It, you know, Memphis is, uh, you know, it's an interesting town. We talk, we like to talk a bit about it, it just by virtue of the fact that it's a music city. You know, this is where, yeah. you know, uh, where some would say rock and roll was ultimately born. Now, not to take away from your heritage, I mean, by God, uh, you guys in Norway know how to rock. Uh, that's every every one of you guys that come out of there are just. What is there something in the water up there? What what the hell is all that about? Yeah, it's that boss water <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> that is it every act i've heard that has come out of there or norway and sweden both 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 it's like it's it, i don't know there's, there's something to it and it's it, there's a there's a lot of heritage with rock music up there well uh, think about this if you look at norway just look at the country yes you'll see that it's shaped like a guitar so of oh, course <laughs> you know, a lot of bands are like well you know what 
let's be in a rock band. You know, let's play rock and roll. <laughs> it's uh, it's it, and of course it's very different too. It's uh, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of it, it's very technical type of rock as well. It's not it's not like fast and greasy and loose like you would find down around these parts. Uh, yeah, I I guess uh, for some reason Scandinavians like uh, they like it fast, they like it heavy, and uh, it's uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of the bands that I listen to, uh, and I feel like there's a lot. A lot of metal from Sweden. Like Sweden has a lot of metal, and then Norway is, at least internationally, uh, perhaps most known for black metal. Yes. Which uh, you know that's a very, very intense genre. Which I never, I was never that into it, but I, I do have a lot of friends that listen to it, and uh, they love it, and they think it's great. And I mean, they basically buy an old cassette player just to record their album so it'll sound as as, as bad as they possibly can. You know, it's just going to sound like crap. Yeah, they, yeah they, they, they like that lo-fi sound. I, I don't know I don't know what it is about that, but that's, yeah, that's a thing. But yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, 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 like, I, I remember listening to Hammerfall in Europe, and uh, a lot of Ingve uh, Malmsteen is a big influence, and and uh, you know there's a lot of virtuos guitar players, and I, I don't know why why that is, but uh, I think it's great that people take their instruments seriously, and obviously that influences a whole new generation, and uh, which I I guess I'm one of them. You know I, I love all the '80s stuff, all the '90s, and just people making music that. Uh, can't you can't learn it in just one sitting you know what i mean it's uh it's something that takes takes the time and a lot of effort and a lot of progressive stuff um i i enjoy any music that has an influence either by classical music or just something that sounds like it comes from out of space yeah yeah it's in a way i can see there's sort of experimental but you know you brought up you know classical because there's there's a lot of influence into that it's almost a very fine line uh, between you know th- that type of guitar playing and what you would hear, say from the Baroque period. As a matter of fact, you you covered Ingve's uh, 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 Baroque piece. Yes, I did, and uh, I-, I love the the name of it, Baroque and Roll, because instead of saying rock and roll, you got the Baroque and Roll. And <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that is, it should almost be a genre of its own, even though the genre is called neoclassical metal or arguably neoclassical rock. Yeah. The influence is classical music, but you play it with electric guitars. And Randy Rhodes was one of the early ones to do that. And I, I would consider Brian May to at least bring in some sort of a classical influence. And I think that people enjoy that. I mean, I started on the violin, so that's how I got interested in classical music. And of course, my parents were very into classical music, and they're both professional musicians. So it made sense for me when I started writing music to write rock and roll which i liked and and mix it with classical because that's what i've been playing on the violin so so when i switched to the guitar it just it was just natural to kind of bring in some of those influences bring in the vivaldi and the Bach and all the all of that you know all the the old music the very old you know hundreds of years old which is very interesting that we're still playing that today which we may not play music that's 10 years old Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, did did your family give you any lip about getting into rock and roll from being a the, you know a 
you know, they were professional musicians and uh, assumably under a classical stance. So, I mean, when you hear you go plugging in a guitar and you're just tearing shit up over there, did, did they, did they were like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Well, uh, so to give you like the full background, uh, my father was a, a first violinist in the Trondheim symphony orchestra. So, yes. so he actually played in, in the symphony. Like he was, uh, he would take me and my brother to, to concerts and we would see the whole orchestra and, we actually got to see them rehearse and perform and, and, and we kind of learn a lot about instrumentation, not just what it sounds like on a, on a, on the radio or, or on a record, but also what it looks like when you see them actually play. And uh, uh, that was pretty amazing to, to experience at an early age. It was just like hearing everything in person. Uh, unfortunately, my, my mother passed away when I was five. So, she never got the chance to see me play guitar, but uh, uh, she was a uh, she was a piano teacher and uh, she sang in a choir. So that was her background, and uh, she was very into classical music, just like my my father. So there was a lot of classical music playing in the house. My dad ha he has a lot of vinyl records of, of you know any symphony you can imagine. So when I switched to the guitar, my my father wasn't a he wasn't a big fan of it because he wanted me to stay. Uh, he wanted me to stick with the violin because that's what he was playing, and he wanted to, you know, teach his son how to play the violin. And I, I understand that. It makes a lot of sense when you're, you know, when you have a son, you want to, you know, you want to, you know, bring bring it forward, and uh, you know, you want that next generation to be interested in what you're interested in. But uh, I was definitely more fascinated by the guitar. And uh, I think it was just that the sound of of a of a distorted guitar. I think that's what really caught my attention. You know, it, it, and some people do compare that to a violin, but I think it's 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 a little bit cooler. I agree. I, I do. There's something about that sound. You know, that's, that's it's and it's and it and it covers so much. Whether it's like you said, your applications of it uh, with uh, with classical music or or, or rock or even pop. Um, a band I think that uh, you, 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 I'm sure you're aware of, uh, Ghost, uh, kind of uses it to, in, in, I guess, to their pop advantage is is kind of hard to just. I know they're Swedish; it's a whole different deal. But, but yeah, that there's something about the way that that those guys use those sounds to create those uh, that that's that same vibe of like the Scorpions. But was it somebody said that they were a lot like ABBA meets the Scorpions, which was which is kind of bizarre. But you know, I I get it. You know. You know, there's nothing wrong with uh, being influenced by ABBA. I think ABBA, they, they, their melodies and their chord progressions are really amazing. And uh, whenever I hear a metal version of an ABBA song, it's just, it sounds great. And uh, I mean, I was never big on disco and the whole, the whole production of disco, but I know it was big by, I mean, I know a lot of people loved it. It was before my time and hearing it, Many years later, many decades later, I can see why people liked it. I like the whole the hi hats going, you know, and all that stuff. And then it's kind of it's it's you know it's dance music. But ABBA definitely were thinking outside of the box. And I don't know if it has something to do with the the, the sun being gone for for you know half of the year. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what brings it out. But I I hear a lot of like Scandinavian music is is very is very unique in in, in the mentality, and uh, that's just something that I always try to think of myself when I write a song. I try to write something that doesn't sound like 
something you've heard a thousand times. Just trying to think of how to do something new, which is tough. Do you carry those influences with you now, uh, now that you're living out in L.A.? Um, I know the L.A. scene is a little different. It's a little more slick. You know, it's uh, a little more polished, perhaps. Uh, not that there's anything, any difference or any good or bad either way, but I, I would imagine that that scene over there in LA is a little different for you. Uh, it, it's different. When you, when you said slick, I thought you were going to say sleazy. No, 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 no. Well, it could you be. Know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, cause it, Hollywood definitely has that reputation in some, in some, uh, in some ways, but, uh, the definitely a lot of LA bands were, uh, I mean, they're, they're great bands. I mean, The Doors, or if you want to talk about Guns N' Roses, a lot of bands started out in L.A., and they, you know, they're great. And it's a different mentality, I think, and, and that's fine. I mean, it's it's it, it might be simpler, but it has just a sound that is very easy for people to get into, and, that, and that's important, too. You have to have a, a mass appeal, you know, if your music is very unique and very strange, but nobody listens to it, then what's the point? You know? So I think that LA from a commercial standpoint, they, they, they have put, uh, a lot of great bands out there that the whole world can, can get into. And that's, that's really, that's really important. Yeah. It, in a way, it's a lot like the way it is in uh, Nashville, you know, just down the road from here. And that it's, this is kind of a, we, we have this kind of a running gag about how it's, like checklist music, you know, everything, everything, it's almost formulaic. Everything, every, almost every song has the same vibe to it. And it's like, well, what, do you, what are you guys into punching a clock? You know, it's like an eight to five job just to crank out that kind of stuff, but it sells. I mean, you know, there may be critics of all that stuff and they're making, oh, that's garbage. You know, what are you guys doing? Wasting your time with that sound. But man, they sell the hell out of that stuff. They, they do. Uh, and uh, I think they always will. I think that the whole, the formulaic songs are always going to be popular, even though they, tend to sound the same and that's i mean i think in some cases people don't mind that it sounds the same it's just that if it's if the song is singing about chocolate cake instead of apple pie that's enough for them to appreciate it even though it's using the same chord progressions it's using a lot of this similar melodies and, uh, and whatnot and the same production styles they kind of they get into it because it's familiar to them they don't necessarily want it to be new they just want it to be something that they enjoy because it's background music or it's just something to dance to or whatever. I mean, it's it's not necessarily something you would sit down and listen to like you would with a symphony or a, or a Pink Floyd album. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just something that they put on in the background if they're going somewhere or or just, you know, doing. I mean, I know a lot of people listen to music when they do homework. I don't know how they managed to do that but yeah or, <laughs> yeah I, oh, I i hear you it, it, now how does that affect you when you're writing you know music for yourself and are you thinking about mass appeal are you thinking about uh hitting those those boxes or are you thinking hey i'm just doing this for me at this point i would say that i do uh a little bit of both a lot of my songs i've wrote just because i thought that they sounded cool and i thought they were fun yeah I've, I've written a lot of songs and I've written a, songs in, a, in many different genres. I've written pop songs, rock songs, metal songs. And I mean, things that sound like Metallica, things that sound like, uh, I don't know, like a pop, something that is poppy uh, like right now. And I've written stuff that sounds maybe more 80s or 90s or 70s. And it's just about whatever feels right. And uh, for those of you who have listened to my 
I only have one album out right now. It's called Firestorm, and that's that's like that's a particular sound. But a lot of the other songs are very different. So I may have a, a challenge in the future where people will say, "Well, he sold out, or he did this and that." But technically, those songs I wrote those at the same time that I wrote this album. So it's just it's just about whatever mood I'm in and whatever inspires me. I mean, I write songs that can be about very simple stuff. I write songs that are about more complicated stuff. And that's kind of the way it is uh, when you're always writing. Cause that's kind of how I communicate. You know, it's like some people have a diary. I have a, I write songs, you know? That's- yeah. Uh, you know, here in Memphis uh, blues is really kind of the thing, you know, there's, there's so much of that here. And, you know, you sit down with a blues artist that, that has been working for a long time and, and, you know, they'll tell you flat out that they write about the things uh, that affect them in a in a very deep way. It's it's about reality, you know. There's they're writing about real events and and real emotion and real and real things. And then you know you'll you'll talk to a guy who's into uh, some type of rock, maybe operatic rock or, or metal, and they'll tell you about yeah, there's kind of a fantasy world that sort of exists there, and it's it's along the same lines as the way maybe maybe some type of rap or hip hop is kind of dreamy. Uh, they've got these ideas, it's this ideal uh, life that they want, and in country is sort of that that way too. Uh, when, when you write, are you, are you pulling any, any real experiences from your life into your music? Yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> I think that's how I write most of my songs is, it's, uh, probably something I feel or, or something that I'm thinking about. Uh, like Firestorm is an album I wrote when I was 16 and it's, it's about mental health and, and that's, you know, that's reality. And to me, it was about realizing that it is reality instead of instead of a fantasy world and that's you know dealing with that and and dealing with growing up i mean i don't i don't have a problem with writing a songs about the fantasy stuff and one of the songs is called rock star and that's you know me dreaming about being a rock star so the lyrics are i'm a rock star and i know that when some people hear that they think oh he's saying he's a rock star well you know if he has to say it he's not really a rock star and those type of things and it's it's sometimes it maybe uh, it's a little hard to explain that, so I had to kind of add that a little bit before the song, just a little dialogue saying, "Okay, this song is about dreaming about being a rock star." Just so you know, you know, just <laughs> you have to explain it before you lay it out there. Yeah, I don't want you to think I'm arrogant. You know, it's not about that. I want you to know that, like, I wrote this when I was 15. I I just wanted to be a rock star, and I wrote this song uh, so people understand that it's, it is. Uh, it's about you know it's about the you know the big dream and uh, 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 I uh, when you talk about metal and, and I, it makes me think about all the bands that write about very very fictional stuff like very like I don't know dragons and uh, you know whatever fairy tale stuff I I I actually and I hope I don't offend anyone to me it sounds almost like they're not being serious like they're I don't know if they truly believe in it or not. Maybe they do, and that's great. I, I hope they do. I mean, I hope that they're really into that, but it almost sounds like they're making fun of it sometimes. Like it's almost yeah. like a parody. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And and, uh, and and I think some of these cats would, even the ones that do it would probably agree with you. You know, uh, now there's some that are, they, some of the audiences, that's a whole different deal. I mean, you've, no doubt have been to those big festivals, those, even those, uh, the really the black metal festivals and you watch those crowds and it's like, it's a religious experience for them. And it's incredible how deep 
that music touches those people. I, I know. And, and I, I think that's great. I really do. I mean, if, if you go to a festival like that, you're there for maybe, you know, three days or seven days. And it's, it's, it's just like, it's like a religious experience. That's fine. You know, if whatever works for you, that's always, uh, you know, I support whatever, you know, whatever makes you happy in that sense, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Some of, some of those communities can be, uh, maybe somewhat dangerous, but as long as it's, as long as it's safe, as long as it's something that you, you do to, to, uh, give your life purpose. I mean, it's not really any different than people that are really into Pokemon or, or movies or video games. I mean, it's like, we all have something we use to, to make life a little easier. So whatever, whatever works. I mean, if you, if you like listening to very loud and, and, uh, poorly recorded <laughs> metal that's fine you know <laughs> yeah. go ahead oh, yeah. i think it's great i think it's it's wonderful well sure as long as everybody's having fun like you said and that's that's what show business is about it's about entertaining and uh or being entertaining or attempting to be entertaining and it's it's you know as you know it's a, it's a tough gig you know when you when you look at like for example the song a rock star how, how do you imagine it's going to age is it going to age well for you is it going to be a song that'll That'll uh, still be part of your library, uh, you know, what, six, seven years from now? Uh, that's, that's, a good, uh, that's a good question. I We've uh, we've definitely been uh, paying a lot of attention to it. it. It hit number one on the DRT indie charts. So it is like, it is my first number one song uh, or, or, or single, I should say. So I think it'll, it will be played. I think it's a fun song and uh, it, it probably will be played. Uh, for a long time, uh, I'm doing a Twitch show right now called Rock and Roll Tuesdays, and uh, I have some fans there. They they often request that I play Rockstar, so uh, people at least now they what they they want to hear it. So we'll see in in six to seven years, but I would I would hope so. I think that it's a fun song uh, as long as you know what it's about, and as long as you understand that it's 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 more about you know sacrificing yourself to making your dreams come true more than saying that hey i'm better than you because that's not what it's about so uh nice people know that but uh you know it's it's uh you never know uh, I, i've learned one thing from kiss and kiss they have the most amount of albums and most amount of music that you can imagine they you know when they when they're asked why they don't play all the obscure stuff is because you know they have so many songs that people want to hear that if they play an obscure song, they have to take one of their hits out. And that's, you know, there's going to be some more people in the audience that are going to be upset because they didn't play that one hit. than those maybe 500 people that are happy because you played that obscure song from that obscure album. Oh, oh, sure. Well, yeah, they're, they're, those guys are showmen. That's what they do. I mean, they're, they, they know how to deliver exactly to that audience. They, they do. And I'm, you know, I'm a Kiss fan. I'm, uh, you know, not, not going to hide it. And uh, I think that what they do serves a, a, a good purpose. You know, they, they put on a great show. They have, uh, they have a fun time on stage. And I, I've been to at least two Kiss shows. And I think it's, it's a great show. It's great to be in the audience. And, uh, you know, they, they do what they do. And uh, I think they've influenced a lot of other bands. But that's, that's great. Um, but just you know, you don't expect them to play weird stuff. It's, it's all you know. That's all I'm saying. You know? Oh sure, sure. How is the Twitch thing working out for you? Um, as as a as a broadcaster myself, I've I've looked at it, but I always thought 
I don't know if, if a music type of thing is going to, is going to fit there, but apparently you found a little bit of success with that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I've kind of made it into a, a weekly show. So I call it rock and roll Tuesdays. It's every Tuesday at 7 PM Pacific. And uh, I think it probably helps that it's at the same time every, every day. When I first started, uh, well, doing kind of test streams, I was doing it at different times. And I don't think anybody really knew about it. It was a little hard to get people's attention. So once you, once people expect you to be there, uh, that helps. And it helps to have at least a, a few viewers when you're getting started. Otherwise, you're going to drown in the in the browsing page, which is really where most people come from. So if you if you can get it to like over five or ten views, then all of a sudden there's more. So we've had over a thousand views. Well, uh, yeah. And also that, that that's great. And we're gen- generally speaking, it's about a few hundred, you know. And a lot of people come back, but we get you know there's new people every week that this stop by. So I, I I'd say it's helped me a lot during these times because I can't play for a real audience, or at least in front of a real audience. So it's nice to at least be able to perform and maybe make it a little more casual and try out songs that I wouldn't have played otherwise because I'm doing a lot of covers and normally I play my own music. That's what I'm used to doing. That's, you know, when we go and rehearse, we rehearse my music and maybe a few covers, but now we're doing mostly covers and a little bit of my own songs. And, and it's just, it's more experimental. And I think that's fun. It's a nice change of pace. And uh, I wanted to stream for a long time. So at least I've, was able to do it now and, and uh, try it out and see what it's all about. Yeah. This pandemic, I know has put the brakes on a lot of acts, you know, trying to, I mean, obviously you can't get out and tour right now and doing a streaming show like that. I know it has, it's kind of a hit and miss thing. I guess it depends on the act and how you can put it all together. And uh, it sounds like you're doing, you're doing pretty well with it. Uh, I guess you've been taking some of this time to uh, try and be somewhat productive beyond that as well. Are you writing more? Or are you, uh, you put stuff together for another record? I'm always writing music and that's, that's something I can't stop doing. But my idea for the pandemic was to do something that I can put out right away. So I started doing covers. So I've been doing a cover of all the, like all the artists that influenced me over the years in, in one way or another. So like the first one I did was Pink Floyd, Comfortably Numb. That yeah. was the first one. And, uh, and then I've, I've done Foo Fighters. I've done Linkin Park. I'm doing like different genres just to try to, reach out at the churches which is a, a newer band probably the newest band I, i've done them and lincoln park i would say one of the newest ones i've done edwin collins uh who else queen i did queen the show really? must go on. wow yeah uh that was something that the reason why i did the show must go on was because when i was when i first uh came here to la i uh and i, I was i was you know we're dealing with uh, i was getting a record deal and basically, what well, the one condition was that you should take vocal lessons and you should go through, you know, learn, really learn how to develop a, a proper vocal technique. So the vocal coach asked me, like, what song would you like to play? And I said, Queen, the show must go on because I'm a big Freddie Mercury fan. And uh, of course, back then, I didn't I, I could not sing that song. Not not a chance. I, I didn't I had no clue how to how to sing a song like that so it was it was a big deal for me to do it now now that i've developed the technique and i know i know what i'm doing it's, it was fun to actually be able to to sing it so uh it's like one of those you can one of those check marks <laughs> is it did you find it like very very difficult to even attempt it 
Not honestly, not really, because I mean, it's a tough song to sing. Don't get me wrong. Right. I, I'm not. It's easy for anyone. I think most people think it's, it's tough, and a lot of people will sing it in a lower key. And I didn't want to do that because I feel like it's it's uh, like Paul Rogers would sing it in a lower key when he was touring with Queen. And I could have done that, and it would have made it easier. But I wanted to do it in the original key. So I, I, you know, when I developed my technique properly, I was able to hit all the notes. And then I, I decided, you know, let's let's do it. Let, let's record it. And uh, and I'm I'm happy about it. You know, I'm I'm. It's one of those moments where you you can say, well, I did something that I always wanted to do. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's no, that's great. It's it's always nice to have that kind of a bucket list type thing too. But you've also been you spent some time out pre pandemic, of course. You spent some time out on the road. You were an opening act for various uh, various shows, weren't you? Yeah, uh, we had uh, right before, or it was actually in November of last year. We were opening up for Buck Cherry in uh, the UK, so that was like it was a, it was a great thing. We 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 were all positive, like we're getting this going. We put the album out in August, so we were, were going on tour. We played at Sturges, and then, of course, this happened, and then, uh, Yeah, it just took the uh, wind right out of it. The timing could not have been worse, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, we had we actually had, uh, we were just looking at a, at a summer tour in, like, the beginning of March or maybe end of February, and that's when it all, all you know, came crashing down, so... So I guess the plan would be then once we get, you know, uh, back when these shows get up and running, you, are you just going to kind of pick up kind of where you left off and just, hey, let's just promote this record now and then and then we'll worry about the other stuff later? Well, we definitely want to go back to touring, but uh, I, I don't know. Uh, the, 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 the summer tour that we were looking at, which uh, had a, uh, it, it was, there were a lot of, mul- there were multiple bands and big bands, uh, the, uh, big bands that most people have heard of and we were going to open up for them that didn't work out so I, I don't know if we're going to get that same deal but it'll hopefully be something uh, similar or something uh, uh, equivalent and we want to play other places that was a that was a u.s tour so we would like to play uh, south america because now that i've been doing twitch i've actually developed a lot of new fans in south america oh wow because, you know we're on the same same time zone uh, for the most part. So they're, they're the ones that can tune in. Cause I don't really get any European crowd on my Twitch show because I'm playing at, uh, you know, nighttime in the U S. So most of the people that tune in are either from the U S or Canada or, or South America. So it's really cool uh, to, 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 so that's really cool. So we would love to play for them in person and maybe even say hello to some of them. Yeah, that, yeah, I've I've got a we got a lot of bands around here that do like to get out of the country and and uh, they'll they'll play Europe and they'll play uh, South America and and they always tell you it's like man the audiences are so different over there it's not what you expect over here in the states you know everybody has this kind of a kind of a funny feeling about their they they would it depending of course the show but like you know some of these like the blues acts I was telling you about you know they'll go play a show in Europe and they find that their audiences are rather subtle and polite until the end of the show when they go crazy you know whereas. Here in the states, everybody's just really rowdy and drunk and just having a big time. Right? Yeah. Uh, definitely, people are definitely different in different places. I every time I watch anything that's from like a festival in in South America, people are really, really like they're crazy, but in a in a good way. Like there's a lot of energy. Yeah. And I, I don't feel that that energy as much. Uh, 
probably everywhere else. Europe is, uh, I think, saying that they're more polite. That might might be a good description. I think Europeans may be more, more interested in the music than in the beer. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. They're in for they're in for the art, not to get hammered. Yeah, that's I guess uh, is is one way to put it. Yeah, well, sure. Well, you know, down in Brazil too, they're no strangers of of any type of metal. Too, you got well, hell, you got Sepultura down there. Uh, I mean, those guys know how to how to set a stage on fire. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, of course. I mean, it's it's anything that any band that that can put on a good show and. I mean, I love pyro. Uh, if, if, <laughs> if you can get away with it, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we you know, with the with the festival circuit that got all screwed up because of this thing too. I know that uh, that may have been part of your plan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if if you were looking that way. I mean, because we have we have a big festival here every year. It's the uh, Memphis and May Beale Street Music Festival, and there's bands from all over the world that come in for this thing, and it's uh, it's a blast. It really is. And it's these outdoor festivals, and it's usually you know because it's the first weekend in May. And it a lot of a lot of the, the festival tours, a lot of band tours are starting uh, at that time. So they'll 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 come here. They'll play a forty five minute set or maybe an hour long show. If you're a headliner, maybe what an hour and a half, and then and then boom, they're gone. They're out there on the road. They're hitting every 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 festival in the country at that point. And I know that's probably maybe something on your checklist. I would think. Yeah, I uh, we're always big uh, supporters of uh, festivals because festivals are great. Uh, well, they used to be great. Now, now it's probably going to be a, it's probably going to be a little while before we can go back to that. But the festivals are, are a great way to get exposure and playing for people that are probably not there for you. I mean, especially if you're when you're starting out. But uh, they may discover you, and all of a sudden you have a lot more fans. And then when you come back, uh, either headlining or playing a, a non-festival show, all of a sudden they show up again, and and uh, and now you got fans for life. So f- festivals are important. So that's something we always want to we always want to be on any like festival that we can uh, that we can. But uh, it's tough. It's very competitive. So and right now we're obviously extra challenged because of the pandemic. So we probably won't be doing any festivals anytime soon. But we'll see. Yeah, it's probably going to probably go back to like smaller venues, you know, that sort of thing, and then and it'll start working its way back up into full arena shows. I would think at some point. Who who yeah. knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I see people doing like drive, drive-in concerts and stuff, and I think that like if you're if you're in your cars or or you got uh, you know trucks and cars and whatever, I think that's probably the the way to do it, or or just have less people in the audience, have a little little bit of distance between people. I'm sure that uh, we can have shows again, not that far in the future. We do have a vaccine coming pretty soon, so I think that we'll probably. Uh, be okay fairly soon. <laughs> okay, yeah as long as long as it's a safe vaccine i'm, I'm thinking most people are ready to, for this to be done and they'll, they'll take anything uh to make this you know make this all go away uh and, and with all of this down are you are you finding yourself uh at home playing more uh you know practicing more uh than you did before this or less uh how's how's all that working for you well one of the reasons why i did a twitch show was because because i do it once a week I can't, I can't really take any time off. You know what I mean? Like I have to stay, I have to stay in shape. I have to play guitar. I have to uh, work on my voice and everything. So I definitely may, I, I've been maintaining it. And one of my challenges was the Ingve Malmsteen cover, mainly because that's a tough song to play. So I figured 
if I can do that, then I'll feel pretty good about myself because I know there's a lot of people that are struggling to be motivated right now because they don't have any gigs. So I'm just always looking for any, any reason to be motivated and to have something to do and keep myself busy. Otherwise I'll, I'll just be sitting and playing video games all day. Has, has Ingve heard the tune? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it would be nice to get some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, because <laughs> you know he's he's a he's a pretty uh, you know he's a pretty affable dude. I mean, he's probably one of those cats to be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I like the way you did that. Unless you unless you you know kept it down note for note. I, I think he'll appreciate that it is a tribute to him, and and uh, he was one of my biggest influences. So I think he'll appreciate that. And he'll probably see the if you if he knows or if he was told who I was and knowing that I'm from Norway, he's from Sweden, and that I came to LA, he came to LA. Like there are some parallels that he may appreciate because he he went through the same thing. So he might he might enjoy it, but uh, I don't know how to. Oh, actually, his uh, the keyboard player that played on that album. Uh, he actually commented on the video. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Derek Sherinian. So that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> as long as it was positive stuff, <laughs> you know. Well, you, you know what you know what he said. No, what was it? I played on that, or he said I played on the original. I played on the original. <laughs> well, the original. That was his comment. <laughs> well, well, it's better than oh, this blows. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't you don't need that kind of letdown. That would just that, that's the soul crushing defeat right there. No, not no, not at all. Especially from, you know, is it the old saying about you know you never want to meet your heroes? But you know, uh, right. it, it's scary. But at the same time, you're not you know like you said, it's a, it's a tribute. You're 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 paying tribute to a guy that was a a huge influence to your career. Yes. Definitely, and that, I think that's important. And that's why that's what I've been doing with all of these covers was just they're they're tributes. Just let people know what uh, what inspired me to you know be the musician that I am today. And and it's like a it's like a thank you. Every song is sort of a thank you to to them, and 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 also bringing in some other influences so that you, you know you're mixing a little bit of this with a little bit of that, and uh, that kind of gives the songs a, a slightly new. Uh, a, a new sound and a new approach and uh, th- that so that it's not just a copy of the original it's not just straightforward okay trying to make it sound just like the original because that's i don't really have any interest in doing that yeah a lot of guys don't you know they'll, they'll sit there and they go let's see what we can do to kind of twist it around a little bit let's make it different let's make it our own you want to kind of own the cover yeah that, that, that's really important i mean and and a lot of covers are you know arguably better than the original i'm not saying that any of mine are but uh, I, I've always enjoyed finding out that this song was actually made by another artist 20 years before. And then I listened to that version. And it's like, Whoa, this is very different. And I could, I, you know, it's hard to imagine that it, that became this. And so it's really cool to see how different artists interpret the same song. Yeah. Uh, uh, all along the watchtower, you know, Bob Dylan's version of it is not, ex- not anything what you expect after you've heard Hendrix get it, you know, nailed it to the wall. <laughs> That's a good example, yeah. I, and I heard the Hendrix version first, yes. and I'm the Hendrix version. And then I, when I and I knew Bob Dylan wrote it, but I never, I didn't hear the original, or I didn't hear his version of it until, you know, many years later. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody does. They go, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, your album, Firestorm, it's available, I guess, where everybody can get their music. Is that right? Yeah, it's available everywhere except Spotify. And that's just, uh, it's a little little legal issue. But uh, everywhere else, it's available on CD and uh, high-quality vinyl, 180 grams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're a vinyl person, uh, definitely check out the vinyl. Uh, you can get that through Amazon or through your website? It's uh, There's a link on my website, but it is on Amazon, yes. Everything, you can buy all the different versions on Amazon. Fantastic. It's, uh, it's, it, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a fine record for you. And uh, I'm hoping we can get a few of our listeners over here to head your way and get a, get a copy of this stuff. Oh, yes. Well, absolutely. Uh, Rocky Kramer, thank you so very much for your time. Uh, you know, hang tight, be safe. And, uh, we're looking forward to getting you back out on the road at some point here and, uh, and get to those shows. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going back on the road. Absolutely. And listen, if there's anything I can do for you down the way, just let me know. All right. Oh, thank you very much. You bet. Rocky Kramer, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, this is Reverend Oma from the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. Now that we're all spending more time at home, let us help you keep things feeling calm and peaceful. We have a huge selection of incense, including sticks, cones, and powders, along with burners to keep your home smelling great and feeling calm. We also offer sage, palo santo, smudges, and room sprays. Add some crystals, singing bowls, or candles, and choose from a variety of mindful living gifts to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so if you have a fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your healthcare provider before going in. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. She's a rather popular lady, and uh, she's got quite the story to tell, and we're glad to have her here. Wendy Stewart Kaplan joins us through the miracle of the internet. Hello, Wendy. How are you? I am excellent, the miracle of the internet, because you know what? Sometimes when you're live streaming, it's a miracle when everything works. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We're perfect tonight, Rick. We're having a miracle. You and I are experiencing a miracle right here. Yes, we are, and, uh, and 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 every day is is miraculous. That every day that I can I can get up and not not and not get the COVID. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. I hear that clear. I had it back in March. So. Did you? Did you? What yeah. was that like? Well, you know, New York. Um, you know, we're hit real. Oh, bless you. Oh, yeah. You did the right thing. You coughed into your elbow. Coughed into my elbow. Yes, yes, Good I did. For you. Yeah, that's thank what you. Get, that's what for previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. This will be a lot of fun. Having a great time. My thanks to uh, Eileen over at WorldStar, helping us, uh, WorldStar Promotions, helping, uh, helping us uh, get some of these folks on this program for you to meet. Got some great people that are coming up too. Um, oh, it's gonna be almost time to rebook, but I, I got us carried all the way through to the end of the year, and uh, and well, the first week of the first Sunday of uh, of January. You know, that's uh, that's that's happening as well. So, you know, so we're we're going there. Uh, we're going there. So, uh, who's who's who else? Who else coming? Well, we got oh, we got her, we got her, and we got him. Oh, we got some fun stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh. Some good stuff that's coming here from Radio Land. Uh, please thank you so much for uh, for listening and streaming and downloading and doing all the things it is that you do to get this program. Uh, 
if you've downloaded the show, keep just keep in mind it's backwards. Uh, we we release it for download before we air it, which is kind of odd. It's just the way it works, I guess, due to the calendar thing and uh, the way the production schedule is. Nah, I'm not really in the mood to change that. So so if you didn't download it and you happen to be listening to Radio Memphis on a Wednesday night at midnight uh, after the Spud Goodman radio show, you catch it and it's it's broadcasting live. So uh, well, live on tape. But there is there is that not even on tape. We don't even have that anymore. No, no, no. That's that's not the case at all. All right. Before I go, I want to make you uh, make you a hip to it. If you haven't heard already, uh, the uh, promotional campaign has been released. It's out there. It's it's uh, it's on social media right now. There'll be more happening as as time goes on. Uh, the Booze and Blues, of course, longtime partners with the Memphis Blues Society have come together, as we do, and uh, we've got uh, we got a cool thing going. Uh, it's known as Feed the Blues. This is a good thing. This is uh, this is something that you all can get involved in, and it's quite simple, really. It's two parts. Feed the Blues is exactly as the stand as it means. Uh, it's it's getting some food to these artists that cannot work and they cannot work because a lot of them are too old to get out and work and there's no venues open right now. So this is an ongoing process until we can get these places back open. This is not just a Christmas thing. It's not just a holiday thing. We're going to continue to do it until every one of these cats get back on their feet again and get going. So what we're doing is we're collecting non-perishable food items and essentials, stuff like socks, stuff like, uh, peanut butter, uh, tuna, toothpaste, soap, you know, <laughs> why don't I mention toothpaste and tuna butter? Tuna butter. Well, that's well, tuna butter would be pretty interesting. Hey, honey, want a tuna butter sandwich? Mmm, tasty. Oh, God. Um, soap, socks, you know, stuff that you can't eat that these, that these fellas might need. And then stuff they can't eat. Pasta, uh, uh, beans, rice, uh, what else? What, what, uh, peanut butter, tuna, peanut tuna, tuna peanut, you know, all that stuff. Uh, crackers, uh, coffee. Oh, you know, it doesn't have to be the expensive stuff either. Just some good drip coffee, you know. Get a couple of, get some cans of the cheap stuff and then and, and bring it to us. That's and This is how it's going to work. And we got two ways of handling this. If you feel like getting out, you're more than welcome to come deliver this stuff. If you've gone shopping and you've got some left over, and you can and you can hit our times, uh, we are our studios will be open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time. Not that it matters, but uh, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can come on into our building at 4745 Poplar Avenue. That's 4745 Poplar Avenue, right across from Schlotsky's. And uh, come into the building, come downstairs, and uh, you'll see, uh, it's, go into the lobby and then just walk downstairs. It's real, it's real simple. We're in the lower level, and you'll see our lobby, and there's a couple of boxes there. And you can just put some stuff there. And we've got a bunch of other stuff that's coming uh, that's going to help us out as well. And we've got some volunteers that are going to run out and deliver this stuff as time goes on. Now, the other option is, is that if you are stuck at home and really don't want to get out and don't want to be a part of all of that, that's fine too. Let us know either by contacting the Memphis Blues Society or us at Booze and Blues and let us know you got some stuff and we can run a volunteer by to come pick it up contactless. Just set it up on your front porch. We'll slide on by, grab it. We'll bring it back over here to the studio for you. So that's pretty cool. So there's that's the food, the, the Feed the Blues thing. That's the food end. Now there's another end of it. Those of you that live outside of the area and would like to help out, your help is greatly appreciated and you can do so financially by getting over to the Memphis Blues Society's website, memphisbluesociety.com, look for the Papa Don McMen Blues Musicians Fund. That's it, Papa Don McMen Musicians Fund. And uh, there's a PayPal link in there, and you can make a contribution. 
you know, throw a couple of bucks in there. You can do a monthly thing if you'd like uh, where it's set up automatically and you never have to see it. And it's all 100% tax deductible. And every penny of that money that comes into this stays right here in the Memphis and Shelby County area. Actually, well, in our listening area because we got some folks in North Mississippi that we got to take care of as well. So, you know, that's all part of it. You know, so uh, you can do it two ways. Uh, or both if you'd like. And plus, if you'd like to become a member of the Memphis Blues Society, it's easy to do. You can do it right there as well. It's 25 bucks a year for a single, 35 for a household. Uh, I know there haven't been any shows to really to, 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 to really get a lot of benefit from that, but the really who does benefit from it is the Memphis Blues Society, and they do need all the help that you can give them. So if you're in a position of means and you can make it happen uh, throughout this time of need, this is certainly the way to do it. So you can uh, get involved. Uh, doing a search for, uh, you can find it on Facebook. Just search the hashtag Feed the Blues and it'll start popping up. So there you go. All the details are there. All right, that's it. I'm done. I got to go. Uh, in the meantime, please take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and for God's sake, stop shooting each other. All right. I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radio Land. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. <laughs>